Hello, hello. I want to be the first one to congratulate you and welcome you into the program. And I want to specially and warmly congratulate you for having the fortitude and having made the decision to even be on this page, to even start to do something about this insidious problem that is being overweight and, and obesity and severe obesity. You know, I can talk about this because I have been there and I understand personally and professionally, 25 years doing this, helping other people overcome this problem, I do know that it's a little difficult. The second thing I want to congratulate you for is for understanding the difference between simple weight loss, which is old-fashioned, nobody talks about that anymore, and the new thing, which is body remodeling. There's a difference between weight loss and body remodeling. See, weight loss typically is achieved by eating less, exercising more, that is very short-lived. Eventually, people get tired, hungry, stressed out, and they go back into overeating, and everything is lost. Uh, sometimes they call that dieting. It just does not work. Study after study shows and confirms and proves what you may have already learned on your own. It simply does not work. It's not your fault. I'm going to explain the whole thing to you. May I stop myself here for just a second? If you're getting value out of this information, would you please consider subscribing to the channel and perhaps even liking the video? I have a lot of information to share with you coming up and it would encourage me and it would also help other people who are in dire need of this information to receive it if you would kindly consider liking the video and subscribing to the channel. Thank you very much. Let's go back to the program. Body remodeling is different. It involves building muscle and bone mass while at the same time we let go of unwanted fat. And so what happens is the body composition changes. We go from a very high fat percentage to a lower fat percentage. We increase lean muscle mass. And what that does is it completely remodels the body. I can tell you personally, I can tell you professionally, your body, your life changes completely because, listen, you know, something as simple as getting in and out of a car, particularly if you drive a low car, like a sports car, just getting in and out of a car, you know, when you're carrying 20 pounds, 30 pounds, 40 pounds of extra fat on your body and you have lost muscle mass, sometimes it's impossible to get into a small sports car. Things like carrying children or grandchildren, things like uh, going for a walk, you know, oftentimes are completely outside of the realm of possibilities to the person who is at a high body fat percentage and, um, and, and the body has adapted to become sedentary. So body remodeling is really about building a new life. It's about putting on muscle mass, bone mass, and also letting go of unwanted fat. Of course, you're going to look way better. Of course, you're going to feel way better. Of course, it's going to enhance your intimate life. No matter where you're at in that spectrum, it's going to improve, you know, sometimes dramatically. So all of that is going to change for the better. And this is why we say in this program that we're not just remodeling the body. We're actually building 
a new life. It turns out that some of the same interventions, and I'm going to explain them all to you, they help a person, let's say, lose weight, build muscle, things like the proper exercise, proper nutrition, proper sleep, hormonal control, like the same interventions that will help you remodel your body happen to be the same kinds of things that will result in a fantastic life, overall quality of life. There have been a lot of studies on happiness and quality of life since the 1980s. And today, scientists can tell us a whole lot of thing, uh, things about the science of happiness. There's a lot of information out there. One of the things that people appreciate me for, in, you know, as an expert in, in uh, the mindset of uh, body remodeling, is the way I present information. Yes, I went to school, I have a few, you know, but, but that's, you know, I'm, I'm able to present information to you in a way that your mind can absorb it and make use of it. So, we're going to cover a whole lot of science, but in a way that is simple and fun to enjoy. And, and this is important to me personally. I want to congratulate you for the decision to even be here, and I want to congratulate you for the understanding of the difference that exists between losing weight and remodeling your body, which is way better. So that's the first thing. Now, everybody who's a part of this program, you know, and I, like I told you, I've been doing this for 25 years, everybody, I never met an exception, has been through this before. They have tried to diet, they have tried to exercise before. Everybody has been there and in one way or another, and that goes for me as well, in one way or another failed. We didn't do it right or, 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 or something went, didn't go right and it didn't work. And so the question is, how come? Why do we, why are we not succeeding when it comes to remodeling the body? Well, statistics can help us, and there are a ton of studies on this, but the number one enemy to fixing the body, to remodeling the body, is hunger. You have to think about this, and we all agree, hunger is a very powerful motivator of human behavior. We actually, humans kill. Don't we kill animals all the time to eat? In other words, we kill when we're hungry. Now, there's a difference between you know, eating lunch a little bit too late and feeling a little hungry at about 11 o'clock in the morning, let's say, right, versus, because you can stand that, you can hold on to that, you know that in about an hour you're going to go have lunch. Yeah, you're hungry right now, you're uncomfortable, but maybe you have some coffee, maybe you have some water and you'll be okay until lunchtime. That's one kind of hunger. But there's a difference between that and actually going hungry day after day after day after day, using all of your willpower to not eat in order to lose a few pounds. So hunger, when, when it's prolonged, when I say prolonged, I'm talking about a few days, will eventually drive us to not only try to replace all the calories that we didn't eat, but also store more, because what the body is thinking, quote-unquote thinking, is that food is scarce, it's missing. It might be missing in the future. So what the body wants to do is store energy. When a person diets, they end up losing muscle mass. They become weaker. And that weakness also drives them to go back into eating more. I need to, I'm getting weak, I gotta eat more to regain my strength. So they go back to eating. Now there's excess calorie and the body stores that in the form of fat. 
goes right back into fat. And so that process, all of us have been there, done that, and you've already discovered that it doesn't work. So hunger is a, is a powerful motivator for behavior and one of the reasons why people drop out of the program. Not this program, because we don't deal with hunger here, but I'm saying diets in general. Any sort of intervention that involves any kind of hunger whatsoever simply will not work. This is what they call yo-yo dieting. People lose some weight and then they gain the weight back. There's another problem with that, and that is this whole issue of um, body remodeling and body composition. When we limit our calories or limit caloric intake in order to lose weight, the body typically begins to draw from protein before it draws from the fat reserves, protein being muscles. And so people become weaker. The, the fat reserves remain in place because the body considers the fat to be more valuable as an energy source. You get about 9 calories per gram of fat and 4 calories per gram of protein. So the body says, dude, you know, in an emergency, if there is no food out there, we better eat up the the muscles before we eat up the fat. The second reason why adjusting your weight has been difficult is for biochemical reasons and hormonal reasons. There's a myriad of information on this topic now, and in the program we cover this in detail, but in a way that we can all understand. But you see, hormonally, not only, you know, when we talk about hormones, people think of testosterone, estrogens, you know, things of this nature, that of course does play a role, but also the primary hormone implicated in weight gain or weight loss is insulin. So insulin plays a major role into all of this. And then there's some other biochemical pathways and genetic pathways that make weight loss very difficult. You have to understand this. The body evolved over millions of years to survive and survival in a world in which food is scarce depends on storing energy. So everything about the body is designed to store energy and the most precious form of energy storage is fat. So your body is actually working really hard to hold on to the fat. Going back to the role of insulin, for instance, everybody has heard of insulin because of its association in diabetes. And you may know of somebody who's a diabetic, they measure their blood sugar. In fact, the way diabetes is diagnosed is, and you can ask your doctor about this, is you would, you know, you do a blood glucose test, you drop a little drop of blood from your finger, you put that in a little strip, goes into a machine, and the machine will tell you how much sugar or glucose, glucose being a form of sugar, is in your blood. And if the concentration is at 126 milligrams per deciliter or above, twice in a row when you're fasting in the morning, then that person would be diagnosed as a diabetic. That is the criteria for a diagnosis. So 126. So that means that if you go to your doctor, you draw blood, then you're around 100, around 110. Even if you go 10 days in a row, you're about 110, you're not diagnosed with diabetes. Now, in some cases, they'll call you a pre-diabetic. Essentially, when we eat, the part of the stomach and part of the intestines begin to break down all that food and separate it into the components, essentially lipids, fat, proteins, and, and uh, carbohydrates. And all of this stuff is absorbed 
in the blood essentially and blood sugar levels begins to rise soon after we eat because it's being absorbed into the blood. The beta cells of the pancreas respond by secreting insulin, which is a hormone. Insulin causes the GLUT4 receptors in muscle cells, in, in, in cells in the body, to essentially dock or, 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 or bind to the, to the uh, glucose molecule so that the glucose molecule, the sugar, can get into all of the cells. Sugar is a pretty large molecule, relatively speaking, so it can't just um, swim across the cell membrane. It can't just diffuse in. It has to be transported in by this protein called GLUT4. When we eat, blood sugar levels go up and insulin levels go up as well. As insulin levels go up, blood, blood sugar is being absorbed into the cells and therefore there will be less sugar in the blood because the sugar got into the cells. The cells will transform the sugar into ATP and use that energy as, um, as a currency, if you will, to get things done, right? The cells use that energy to get things done, to do the business of the cell. There's a condition called insulin insensitivity, also called metabolic syndrome. What happens is blood sugar levels rise, insulin levels begin to rise, and insulin, think of insulin as the guy that knocks on the door, you know, that's one analogy that sometimes I use in classes. He knocks on the door so the sugar can get into the cell. Well, if we knock on the door and the door doesn't open, what we need to do is knock louder until the door opens. And what that means is the pancreas releases more insulin. We eventually release more and more insulin. Eventually the cells open the door and the sugar goes in and the blood sugar drops again. And so the point I'm making is this. People go to their doctor's offices, we check their blood glucose levels. It could be normal, non-diabetic. They're not being treated. And yet, if we were to check their insulin levels, it is through the roof. They're at the very edge of what the body can do to normalize blood sugar. In other words, the pancreas is knocking on the door of those cells really loudly to get the sugar in. So insulin levels are elevated, hyperinsulinemia, and yet they're euglycemic. They have normal or slightly elevated blood sugar levels. That is a really dangerous condition because they're going to develop major illnesses. By the time they're diagnosed with diabetes, it's too late. They already have a ton of problems, and it's much more difficult to reverse it. It's not impossible if you're in that situation. Well, we're going to talk about this, but it is more difficult. So. You have to ask yourself, you know, um, if, if we're not checking uh, insulin levels uh, regularly, but insulin has many, many functions. It has some a myriad of uh, biochemical functions. It has to do with cellular reproduction. It has to do with a bunch of different things, but its primary function is glucose control, blood, blood, blood sugar level control. So here's what happens, my dear friends. Because we're trying to regulate blood sugar in an era where most of us eat too much, there's too much sugar in the blood, insulin levels are elevated. Let's say the person is not diabetic, but insulin levels are elevated. All of the other functions of insulin are still upregulated, even though their blood sugar level is normal. One of the functions of insulin is the inhibition of lipolysis, meaning it makes it impossible for the 
for the adipose tissue, the fat cells, to release and break down fat because insulin is an anabolic hormone, meaning it's designed to build up tissues. So it has to do with cellular proliferation. It makes cells reproduce and grow more cells. And some of you may have heard the word, you know, sometimes in, in, uh, in cancer, you know, uh, there has been an association found with too much, there's, you know, there's too much cellular proliferation. If there's not enough food in the body, it's very difficult for the body to make more cells, right? Have a tumor, right? So it is important to reduce blood sugar to normal levels, but also to reduce insulin to normal levels. So when insulin is high, the body is storing energy into the fat cells. It takes all that blood sugar, takes it to the fat cells, transforms it into fat, into triglycerides and fatty acids, and puts it in those cells. Nothing is coming out of those cells for as long as insulin is high. So the person says, yeah, but I'm hungry. I know, but you could be hungry, believe it or not, and still have elevated insulin levels, and you're not losing weight. What is the body doing then? Pulling from muscle tissue. What we need to do is reduce insulin levels, and there are a number of ways that we're going to use to do this, but, and, and you're going to work with your doctor, and you know, there's a number of things that we're going to do, but it's important for you. The reason why I'm telling you all of this, the important part for us in terms of the mindset of body remodeling, the important part is it is not your fault. The people I work with, 25 years doing this, the people I work with, by the time they come to me, they feel frustrated. Doctor, I've been trying, I've been working, I've been going to the gym. It's not working. Something is wrong. And I tell them, I know something is wrong and it isn't with you. It isn't your fault. So I want to release you from that pressure, from that guilt, from that frustration of actually thinking that there's something wrong with you, that perhaps, you know, you may have heard that you're lazy, that you're not working hard enough to remodel your body, to adjust your weight. It isn't true. There's some really important genetic and biochemical reasons why it is as it is. So we're going to have to do some work on our minds and on our bodies to reverse all of this. But here's the thing. Because of all of the things that I'm telling you, reversing and changing some of the things is not an immediate goal. It's going to take several months, in some cases more than a year. And I'm telling you this up front. I don't want to promise you something that is false. Oh, a miracle, you know, in three days you're going to lose 80 pounds. None of that exists. It is not real. It's not true. Don't fall for that stuff. And if, you, if, if somehow we did that, you wouldn't be healthy. Because what happens is, in our minds, there is the equivalent of a thermostat. You know the thermostat is the stuff that you have on your wall in your house and you adjust the temperature of the room. And what that does is it takes a set point, which is the temperature you choose, let's say you choose 74 degrees, and it compares to the temperature in the room and then it actuates a machine to either cool the room or heat up the room. So there is a there's a sensor, there's a set point, there is a comparator, and there's an actuator. That's an automatic control system at the simplest level. And the body has many, many of those systems, like a thermostat type of thing. And what it does is we know what the set point is in our minds. In other words, this person is programmed somehow to be at 250 pounds. The moment they drop the weight, it's just like the thermostat, it kicks in the furnace, same thing happens here. The body says, no, 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 something is wrong. We have to put on weight because it's supposed to be at 250. And when a person loses weight very fast without adjusting the mental 
view of themselves, they end up losing more weight back because the brain, the body, the mind is attempting to restore what it considers to be normal for that person. Hey, even when that normal makes you feel really bad and decreases the quality of your life, that's what's stored in your mind as the normal for you. So that's the scoop on insulin and, uh, and the mind. So, so what happens? How did we get here? Because the people I work with are not... So you can have special cases, right? You can have a person who is obese, let's say, as a side effect of medication, or maybe they have uh, an illness of some type. Those kinds of situations, you know, if a person is sick, if they're taking medication, they're being treated by a physician or by several physicians in some cases. They know what's going on with them. Those are typically not the people I work with. The people I work with are those who have a chronic situation. Weight keeps on going up, keeps on going up, keeps on going up, and they cannot get a handle of this. But they're not, you know, it's not the result of some known medical condition. It's just the way it is. Like some 150 million American adults are experiencing. It's, a, it's an epidemic. And it's a huge problem in terms of the, the healthcare system because it can, particularly as we age, it can drive a number of diseases which increase healthcare costs to the max. It overtaxes our healthcare system. So this is an epidemic of massive proportion. So what are we going to, to how did we get here? Well, it turns out that in the mind, not the brain, and I wanted to emphasize this difference, there's the mind, which is almost like the software, and there's the brain, the hardware, the stuff that's inside of our skull. In our minds, we have something called a self-image. That is how we see ourselves. It is the self-image that explains our level of success. It explains the way our body looks. It explains how we live our lives what we accept, what we don't accept from other people, how we're treated by other people. It is that self-image that is going to determine how, you know, what our lives are like. And just as we, we say that as it is above, it is below, similarly, as it is within, it is without, on the outside. And so our lives match the self-image within. If you want to know what your self-image looks like in terms of your body, all you have to do is look at the mirror. Because what you see on the mirror is a reflection of the self-image. When the person changes the self-image, the body naturally drops weight. And you say, but how? Magic? Well, not really. When we change the self-image, we're changing the set point in the thermostat that I told you about. Of course, these are metaphors. But when that happens, we naturally make different choices. We naturally choose a fruit as opposed to a muffin. We naturally go for a walk as opposed to drive a third of a mile. We naturally take the stairs as opposed to the elevator. In other words, we change behaviors, but naturally, instinctively. Just as before, you know, we instinctively reached for the muffin, for the cookie, for the piece of cake, resulting in excess weight, now we instinctively avoid the high caloric foods. We instinctively make those kinds of changes because we changed the mind. And, you know, invariably, when I explain this to people, 
I always get the same question. It's invariable. People say, well, if it's like that, how come I never heard of this? My doctor never told me this. And, um, and I went to medical school and we don't, we're not taught to explain this to people. We're taught to explain to people that they have to make different lifestyle choices, eat less and exercise more. Everybody knows that. I find it offensive to go into a doctor's office to be told to eat less and exercise more because that's the same thing that I've heard since I was a baby. If it were as easy as that, nobody would be overweight. And clearly, it isn't as easy as that because 150 million US adults are overweight. So, you know, what we learn in medical school is simply out of touch with reality. It's out of touch with reality. For a doctor to tell the patient, well, you know, Mr. Jones, you really should eat less and exercise more. Mr. Jones knows that, but he can't do it. <laughs> Why? Because in his mind, there's something driving those behaviors that result in excess weight. So we got to change the mind. And this is why I say that the secret to weight loss is in the mind. You might say to me, but dude, if this is so known, if this is true, because I've worked with over 12,000 people. I've done this for 25 years. I've done this with, you know, and, and millions of people all over the world are very familiar with all of this. And if it is, as I say, it is, and I assure you, it is. How come most people haven't heard of this? Well, it has to do with where the self-image is stored in the mind. Getting to it is not so simple unless you are a specialist at that. You see, the self-image resides in a portion of the mind below the level of conscience awareness. We're not aware of it. We're unconscious of it. Or, as we say, subconscious is below the level of conscience awareness. Like the subliminal stuff you've heard of? It's, it's that kind of thing. It's below conscience awareness. So to get to it, we need some special exercises. You've heard of meditation, hypnosis, mind, uh, you know, altering types of exercises. You know, we have to be able to get to it at the level of the subconscious. And that takes very, very, very special skills. Now, anybody can watch a YouTube video and call himself a hypnotist. That's easy. Anybody can do that. But to actually be able to consistently help a person change their self-image and adjust their weight and remodel their bodies, it takes years and years and years of active practice. I remember when I started practicing professionally full-time, of course, you know, with average about eight to ten people a day, and that and those are hour, hour and a half long sessions. Those are long sessions, and you know, I was very, very busy from early morning to late night. I was also teaching at night, and, um, and it wasn't until about my 10th year or so that I started feeling quite confident about what I was doing. That's when I started uh, recording some online courses. That's when I started, you know, it's like, okay, I think I know how this works. Of course, since then, I've learned a whole lot more about everything that I don't know yet, but I know enough to help you adjust your weight and remodel your body. So there's so much to know about the mind, right? What we're going to have to do is this. We're going to have to do some special exercises. It involves focused intention. It involves focused attention. It involves relaxation, meditation. It involves um, creative visualization. It involves changing the mind at the level of the subconscious. And by doing that, we're going to be making different choices. For some of you, 
some of these different choices might be to actually go to the doctor and get some blood tests and get some treatment. Some of you suspect that there is a problem, but you're not treating it. You know, a lot of people don't go to the dentist, don't go to the doctor. They don't like doctors. I worked with this for 25 years, and I'm the first one to encourage them. Listen, we got to go in. We got to run some tests, and we have to do this. It's for your benefit. It's going to prevent more serious problems later. All right, so at this point, you're asking yourself or you're asking me, okay, we do all of these changes. We get into the mind. We make a change in the self-image. What happens next? How do I actually remodel my body? Well, that's what happens. You see, as you change your self-image, you naturally, effortlessly make different choices. You begin to enjoy things that perhaps you dreaded before. And so you make choices regarding how you move your body. You may start an exercise program. You do some resistance training. You build up some muscle. But you do that not because you have to, not because you must improve your health. You know, it, it isn't like that. You begin to actually enjoy the process that becomes incorporated into your lifestyle. That's the difference. It's no longer a chore. Now it's an activity that you look forward to. Similarly, with food, you begin to make different choices, both in terms of the quality of the food that you eat and in terms of the quantity. So, whereas before, perhaps, you would look forward to the dessert in a dinner, in a lunch. Now, not only do you prefer not to have the dessert, but also you realize that your dinners become smaller. You know, one of the studies that we mentioned in the course talks about this. You know, insulin um, resistance is higher at night. There's a circadian rhythm there. So, when we eat too much at night, in addition to a number of other issues, the body is less sensitive to insulin, which means the blood sugar goes further up. So, you know, you begin to make different choices, but, but the choices that you make come from a perspective, of, a perspective of desire. In other words, you want this. You feel good about it. And as soon as you implement those changes, you begin to see results. And there's nothing like results to fuel your continued adherence to the program. Because one of the reasons why people drop out of other programs is because they don't see results. They work hard and they don't see results. Here, they begin to see results almost immediately. They feel better. The body is changing. They feel stronger and they realize, my gosh, this is working. This is awesome. And that enhances their desire to go further into the program. See? So that's how you will succeed. And now let me ask you, is this information providing any sort of value to you? And if it is, would it be okay with you if I ask you the favor of potentially subscribing to the channel, perhaps liking this video? That would help out a lot because there's a huge epidemic of obesity and, and excess weight, and that is putting some really huge strains on the medical system. We need to get a handle on this. We need, to, we need to reverse this trend. So, in order for more people to have access to this information and to this sorts of programs that can help them become healthier and happier, it would help if you would subscribe to the video and, uh, 
and like the video perhaps if you're getting value out of it. I would really appreciate it and so would a lot of other people that would then see it. Thank you. I'm so looking forward to meeting you and I'm so looking forward to watching you succeed.